Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 145. Benjamin Yoder here today, talking about video games. Uh, if you if you weren't here last week, uh, I did a a special episode where I talked to Pete Davison from Moy Gamer about a uh, Gun Gun Pixie. So if you haven't uh, listened to that, you should. It's a uh, Gun Gun Pixie is a really great game. Uh, I hope I hope that came across in the last episode. I think I was a little negative or played a little bit of Devil's Advocate with the game a little bit, but that game is a um, it's a really unique game. Uh, it's definitely not for everybody. There's there's definitely like a level of quality the game doesn't have that that I think some people like. You feel like oh, I love The Last of Us or something. I love very polished video games. Then maybe maybe you wouldn't want to enjoy Gun Gun Pixies nearly as much. But there's a lot of good things about the game. I think a lot of good things about the story as well. One thing I didn't really talk about Pete about that I, I kind of wish I delved a little bit into was um, kind of the pacing of, of storytelling in those types of games. A lot of dialogue in like Senor Kagura and, and Gun Gun Pixies kind of have this, um, I don't know how you'd call it, like almost like a spiral type of uh, communication that happens. Like, like something happens and then like everybody in the room comments on it and then it kind of loops back around to the person who originally said it and then the conversation moves moves forward a little bit but only before everybody comments on like the next point being made so it's like this very very lengthy se- like sequence of dialogue that goes th- that go- like characters go through when the story is moving forward and uh but yeah Cinder Kagura Peach Peach Splash and uh I think maybe to some extent sort of online specific scenes of sort of online fatal bullet um kind of kind of suffer from that i think so i would like to have a conversation about that someday with somebody but uh not today i forgot to ask it during the podcast so <laughs> too late uh but yeah i mean since we didn't have a normal podcast last week basically gonna play a little bit of catch up on that um there wasn't really a lot of news from the week before that i that i wanted to cover uh, i think the biggest thing and i already tweeted about it uh the uh fitness fitness uh boxing game that I, I i don't remember if i ever streamed it or anything now that i think about it i think i only talked about it on the podcast but fitness boxing sold like six hundred thousand units they announced they hit a new landmark with that so that's pretty exciting i'm glad i'm glad that game uh sold well because it's it's a pretty quality product it's definitely no no like nintendo level like we fit kind of thing in terms of polish per se but it gets pretty close and it has its own unique charms that I like quite a bit. So I'm glad to see that game be rewarded for for what it's doing on that platform, you know, at least within within the Switch. Like on the Switch itself, there's not a lot of options for those kind of things. You kind of have fitness, uh, or not fitness, ring fit, I think is what it's called. Uh, you have a ring fit that came out and then uh, maybe some third party stuff. But I'm glad to see Nintendo kind of dipping their toes. I mean, Nintendo published it in the US, I believe ring uh uh fitness boxing and i'm glad to see like there's there's a level of confidence in there that like hey there's still an audience from the wii era kind of days i kind of i don't know if glorify the wii era is the right word but the wii era is definitely my favorite era of nintendo and uh and seeing games like that thrive on the switch uh makes me happy but otherwise the other only other thing i wanted to talk about last week was uh i went ahead and played the final fantasy 7 remake demo i originally originally wasn't going to um i saw it you know come out and i was like i'm gonna i plan to play this game anyways no matter what so i was like i i don't really really care to actually dive into the demo uh but i ended up doing it mainly because uh 
there's the the tweet by Chris Kohler that that kind of made the rounds about him complaining about the boss fight at the end of the game or into the demo that uh, said was like, hey, this is this boss battle is a little too intense, basically, is what what he was saying. And uh, a lot of people ne- uh, reacted to that very negatively. They were like, ah, game journalists, which <laughs> there's something to be said about like game journalists and the ability they need to be pl- need to play games. I would say that ability level is not very high. And depending on the different types of games, you're going to get people that have like different experience of certain things. So like. I'm sure, I'm sure there's game, like Resident Evil 7, the beginning of Resident Evil 7. I hate the beginning of Resident Evil 7. Uh, and I think if you said, oh, well, if you're better at Resident Evil 7, you, you could like better manage the beginning of that game. I have some major issues with the beginning of Resident Evil 7, particularly from a resource management standpoint and the power dynamics at the beginning of that game. Oh, it bothers me anyways, but like everyone has different levels of, of competency with that kind of stuff. And, you know, you're not always going to find somebody who, who, but like not every game is going to always click with you. And with game journalists, you're playing so many different games and stuff. Um, so I might sound like I'm, I'm in this weird like position here, but, but really I'm sympathetic towards, towards game journalists about this. I mean, at the end of the day, what's important to me is that a game journalist expresses their feelings. So if they actually had a problem with this part of the game, I think it's important to communicate that. And, you know, if you look at that and say, well, this you know, from what I've seen and what I've I've also heard about this and, and, you know, looking at footage, this doesn't really seem an issue. Then like it doesn't really matter, I guess. I don't know. I think I think people put a little too much stock into game journalists when it comes to their opinion on games. Like it's I don't know. I mean, same thing with how people feel about me like me. Like I I love Mighty Number no. Nine, but if you don't like Mighty Number no. Nine, I'm not going to sit here and <laughs> and like tell you you're trash and you're wrong. But you're wrong. No. Um, but yeah, so, but anyways, I, so I went ahead and decided to play the demo uh, and enjoyed it quite a bit. It is definitely action oriented. Um, and I think the biggest, pro- so I actually also did not like the boss fight, but not for the same reason that Chris disliked it. Uh, basically, I just felt like the boss fight was too scripted. Uh, there's just like, I think four or five sequence of events that happen within that boss fight. And in each of the sequence of events, the boss kind of has a particular set of moves it uses. And I feel like each segment of that boss fight has a very particular challenge they want you to face, but it just basically repeats that challenge until you get out of that segment. And I I feel like usually with boss fights, and it's not uncommon to have a boss fight that says like, hey, after a certain period of health is drained, the, the boss will like move into this different phase. But I think those different phases feel more diverse with inside of them, where I feel like in the Final Fantasy VII remake, you're just kind of dealing with one specific thing for every phase. So there's a lot of phases where you're dealing with one specific thing in that phase, but it doesn't really conjoin to make what feels like a full boss fight to me. It feels like it just feels a little too broken up. But, you know, that's just the first boss of the game. Maybe that's not a problem with the later bosses. Maybe it's just supposed to be flashy, tutorial kind of boss too. So so it may not be a problem for the rest of the game. But but we'll see. Uh, but I overall, I enjoyed it. It feels good to play. And um, and it, it definitely uses some very Final Fantasy 13 like systems. Specifically, like, the, the, the break and stagger system. Uh, kind of, if you don't know, it's basically like, oh, certain moves will increase this, uh, this enemy's, in some games they call it balance. I don't remember if it was called that in Final Fantasy 13, but basically there's like a meter that you fill up. And once that meter is filled up on an enemy, they become staggered or vulnerable and you can do more damage. So there's certain moves that may not do as much damage, but then will build that stagger meter. And then there's like specific time periods, like when a character is, I think it's vulnerable or something like that. Um, it will basically say, uh, are those, those skills will basically do a significant amount of stagger 
meter fill up. So, so it's all about like timing certain moves and things like that. It's nothing particularly complicated. It's very much just that, you know, Final F like they're, they're adding a, a layer onto it. That's very RPG like, uh, but it is very action oriented in a lot of ways. I'm guessing the auto attack or not auto attack. It's not, it's not an auto attack. Well, in some cases, the, the standard melee attack probably will handle most trash mob fights, but like actually, you know, engaging with the, the command list and ATB bar you have, uh, will, will be more reserved for harder fights and things like that. So, um, I did. So one thing, you know, speaking about the, the kind of that standard attack portion of that game, it, it's pretty much press the button and you attack kind of thing. So it's a very standard action game in that way. Um, but I did try the classic mode. If you don't know, the classic mode is essentially their attempt to say, Hey, if you don't like action RPGs, then we have this mode for you that, that takes away some of the controls and makes it more, more like a standard RPG where you're just selecting things from a command list. Um, and I was really interested in this idea initially. Uh, it looked very Final Fantasy 11 slash Final Fantasy 12 ish, where basically the character had like a, a, would sit there and like do melee attacks on their own. And then you would predict particular skills. And when you pick those skills, it kind of freezes time and things like that. Um, and so I thought it was like, this would be a pretty cool, like Final Fantasy XI, Final Fantasy XII like experience, but it doesn't really work that way. And I think the reason why is because it's built first as an action game. So basically what they do is when you start the fight, uh, the AI takes control of cloud and you're kind of at the expense of the AI. So if the AI is being dumb, like sitting there guarding or like it's moved to a a stance where they can't move much, but do a lot of damage, but they're like, you know, 10 feet away from the boss. So they don't do anything. Uh, you kind of just have to like, you, you kind of just are at the expense of the AI and, and their, their stupidity in some ways. Um, uh, you can take control at any time. So if it's like, Hey, cloud's not doing what he should be doing. You can f fix that situation by moving him up. However you want to do it, you know, make him go do whatever you want him to do. Um, but it's just, it just doesn't feel quite right. It's not like a Final Fantasy 11 or Final Fantasy 12 situation where you kind of tell Cloud to engage and he has like a standard amount of damage output while he's fighting the enemies. And then when you use a command list that, that kind of is, you know, layered on top of that standard amount of damage output because the AI is unpredictable and how it will behave and things like that. So... But yeah, I was glad I tried it. Played it through both classic and normal. Uh, I think if I think I will play the game eventually, and when I do, I think I'll do the normal mode where it's more action RPG. It just feels it feels right. That game doesn't feel to feel built to, to really make use of the classic mode in any way. But it's cool. It's there. I'm, I'm glad they 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 added that. If in case you want to like not deal with the action portions and just want to use the command list. But again, I just don't think the implementation the implementation just feels like an afterthought, really. So I wonder if you'd be getting the same type of experience that they really intended you to if you if you went that route. I also have some updates on some games that I've already been playing. Uh, Little Witch Academia, still working on that. I don't think I have really anything else to say about that. I did go ahead and stream Little Witch Academia. I played like an hour of it um, on Thursday after I finished Doremi Fantasy, which we'll get back to in a second. Um, and um, I, I feel a little bad because I'm kind of negative about Doremi, or, uh, Little Witch Academia on that stream. But there are things about that game I like in terms of, of the vibe of the game. And I think some of the writing is good. I don't know how I feel about particular characters with it at all but um but i am still enjoying it but there i did stream it and i kind of talked about it and i did do a big anime rant on there i don't take my anime rants too seriously the reason why i say that is because i don't have a great logical reason of why i feel that way about anime 
versus like video games. It'd be different if like with Anna, like I don't want to get into it, <laughs> but if you go watch that stream, I kind of go through my thought process and fail to really come to any kind of conclusion. Uh, speaking of which, like uh, before I recorded the podcast last week or a couple weeks ago, I don't remember, but uh, but whenever I recorded the uh, the podcast with Pete, um, the, the a few hours before that, I watched Primare or whatever. It's the other trigger movie thing about I don't know flame people and firefighters kind of fighting against them and stuff. Um, and uh, the reason I watched that was because like oh like I I watched the first twenty minutes of that and my gut was wrenching so much of just like oh man this is so anime I hate it. And then so I was like, I need to watch this movie so I can better understand why this hurts me so. But what I ended up doing was basically turning my brain off for the whole movie, which I have some thoughts about the movie overall. I kind of talked about that on stream too, uh, but I didn't come away from it hating it. So, hey, I guess good on that. I didn't love it either though. So, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I talked about that on the stream though. If you want to check out my thoughts on that, I, I ramble about it while I play some Little Witch Academia. Uh, which is up on the website. Uh, the other thing, other thing I streamed that day was Doremi Fantasy. I finished that up, so very happy I'm done with that game. That's a, a Super Nintendo game that I've been wanting to play for a really long time. I think it, I think it got released on the Virtual Console in like almost ten years ago now, if not longer than ten years ago. Uh, and it always had caught my eye, and I always wanted to give it a shot. I, I'm not super. Um, I don't have a great background when it comes to Super Nintendo games and 16-bit games in general. Like, I played the usuals growing up, Super Mario World, A Link to the Past, Donkey Kong Country, anything that, you know, you were like, oh, I played this as a kid other than Super Metroid. Um, I, I I pretty much played those. Super Mario RPG as well. Um, so, so I'm always excited when I can find a game that I don't, like, haven't had my ear chatted off about <laughs> a ton, which I feel like with Super Nintendo can be a little hard. I feel like everybody has covered every Super Nintendo game ever that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, is any, any, like, worth anything. Uh, but Dormy Fantasy was great. I'm sure there's some video about there gushing about it from somebody else, but, uh, I enjoyed it. Very cute game. Gets slightly harder than the beginning of the game towards the end, but it was never challenging enough to the point that I was, like, super frustrated. It always just, like, was like a, ah, if I focused more, I would be able to beat this way easier. Um, but I'm, I was streaming, so, you know, I'm talking to people while I'm streaming and things like that. So, so I finished the boss fight for the game. Cute game. Uh, the credits were really cute, too. Some, some unique graphics at the end were not unique but like you know highly detailed graphics at the end because they're just like you know sprite work kind of thing so so i enjoyed that game it was really fun weird soundtrack a lot of ambient music strangely enough i don't really think of ambient music that much when it comes to, to uh super nintendo soundtracks although there is that one castlevania 4 theme that's really good that's like uh it's like a really quiet theme it's not really ambient music i guess though this one is more like a, a mix of like light instrumentation and ambient, I guess. But I almost did I say ambient the 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 medication? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then one other game I played just a couple hours ago actually was I just played through Gunvolt Chronicles Luminous Avenger G or something like that or I always I never can pronounce the name. Hopefully I got it right. I think the Japanese name is like Out of Gunvolt or something silly like that. And this is the uh, spinoff game that features Copen from the Gunvolt series. And if you don't know, uh, the original Gunvolt or uh, Gunvolt Two specifically. Well, I guess you could go back to the original Gunbolt and say Copen was a character in that game. He was a boss character. He then was spun off, uh, not really spun off, but he became a playable character in Gunbolt 2. 
and then uh and then this game is a game solely starring him uh in some ways it does kind of feel like the other half of gunvolt 2 uh if you don't know gunvolt 2 you play as both gunvolt and copen and the game's like split up between the two and eventually you can you can play levels that were designed for gunvolt as copen and things like that um but in the main story basically the levels are split up half and half between gunvolt and copen so it always felt like even though copen was a new character um he didn't really get his full due in gunvolt 2 um um, and so it was pretty cool to see them say, hey, we're making a game specifically for him. Um, and I, I always felt kind of mixed about this. If you listen to podcasts before where I talked about this, basically, I'm like, I think it's cool that they're giving our Copen his own game. Uh, but at the same time, the move set for Copen is very much just the move set from Gumball 2, as far as I can tell. Um, and so I'm a little less excited about that because I like I like things that feel new and fresh. Um, but the reality is, is that the game probably wasn't very, wasn't long enough for it to really be an issue. I, I, I beat the game about two and a half hours and I kind of dilly dallied around a little bit. So I'd say closer to two hours in length of that game. Pretty short if you're playing straight through it. Um, as far as I know, unlike Gunvolt 1 and Gunvolt 2, there's no like special objectives to unlock a different ending. I think the special objectives are just for different features of the game. So I I don't know if I'll bother collecting the stuff throughout, throughout the levels or anything like that. Uh, but Copen, uh, has a very Mega Man style to him where when you defeat a boss, he gets a new ability. And, uh, so, so he has a nice range of abilities that you can equip to him, uh, where Gunvolt is more or less, there's things you can change about Gunvolt himself, uh, but his playstyle more or less is unchanged. Copen's playstyle is more or less unchanged too, but the, the weapons he gains definitely are more, um, distinct versus the, the changes you can make to, to Gunvolt. Um, and there's a couple skills I really like. There's like these blades that basically spin, I don't know if they're blades, really big giant circle things that spin around uh, Copen that I really liked. And there's also like some explosive ones where you shoot these little like uh, sparkles that explode when they hit walls and things like that. Um, I would say the, the the weapons kind of feel unbalanced in this game. I don't know if this is a problem in Gunvolt 2 or not, but there's some, some skills that definitely feel not really great. Um, not really not great. It's just that there's not really a lot of uses for them as far as I could tell, at least on a casual playthrough. So I just kind of tried them once or used them on the boss, you know, in a me very Mega Man fashion, bosses have weaknesses to certain weapons. So I'd use them on their appropriate boss. But, uh, uh most bosses seem to either be actually weak to the blades and explosives or if they weren't weak to it, it did enough damage that it really didn't matter that they weren't they weren't weak to them. So so yeah, although there were very I think multiple bosses that are weak to the explosives, and I'm not really sure why that is. You would think like with, with a Mega Man style game, like each individual boss would have their own weakness, but I felt like I saw like two or three bosses that were all weak to explosives. I don't know. One thing I did like though is that one of the bosses gives you like the ability to throw these like capes or something, and and if you hit an enemy with them, it basically like wraps them up and they get like stuck in this cape. So like their sprite's completely hidden, and it just looks like somebody who's like thrashing around in a cape or something. It looks really silly. Um, and so one of the bosses is weak to that. So that whole thing happens when you shoot the boss, they get like wrapped up in the cape, I'm like ah, it just looks dumb. And then the final boss or the second to last final boss is also weak to that. So you're like in this very serious battle and then like, he's like this super powered person you're fighting. And then you just like wrap him up in this cape. He's like, Oh no, this cape. <laughs> so 
So it was it was pretty silly. But yeah, very short game. I like what the game does story-wise, but it is very much um not super relevant. I don't I don't know what they've said about this game's story uh pre-release and and you know before you play the game. Uh it does kind of, you know, coming in as somebody who who didn't follow the press cycle of that game very much. Um it does kind of come off as uh a little a little strange. It just does it, some of the things in that game feel weirdly out of place. And then there's kind of a twist towards the end that makes sense of like, oh, this is why this stuff feels weird. And uh, I think it generally is good. Uh, it's just a little disappointing that um, because of some of those weird things, it basically doesn't have the, uh, I guess, relevance uh, that, that Gunvolt 1 and Gunvolt 2 story has. Admittedly, Gunvolt 1, I, I would say Gunvolt 1 is probably the weakest story out of all the games, though. Uh, but Gunvolt Gunvolt two had a pretty strong story and I feel like this game messes with some really cool stuff but because of the context of where this game takes place uh it, it's kind of trivialized in some forms uh but I did really like it I like the character interactions there's some like direct character parallels they play it's, it's a, a completely new cast uh outside of Copen and Lola as far as I can tell um and and uh they draw some parallels so it's like hey this character's new but you can kind of look at this character and make some connections there from a previous game and it makes makes a lot of sense so really enjoyed it and and i think the biggest thing this game did was a kind of you know give me that inti creates itch again i love momentum based characters i love inti creates momentum based character beck from mighty number no. nine uh, you know, the original Gumball. Uh, I think to some extent Mega Man Zero kind of fits into this. Maybe not to the extent of which Gunvolt and Beck are. Um, but, but I do think there's a, a particular uh, velocity to that game that like a Mega Man X doesn't have or something like that. And um, and I'm really hoping that in Gunvolt uh, 3 that they, they do create something fresh. Uh, you know, the series is called Gunvolt. So, you know, Gunvolt, I assume, will be involved in some way. Uh, but I, I was also kind of disappointed that in Gumball 2 that um, Copen was kind of, you know, a side, not really a side character, but he's only like half half of the experience. And I, and I want a, a character that, that gets fully explored within Gumball 3 and doesn't feel like it's kind of like a, a compromise in some ways. I don't know if compromise is the right word, but... But yeah, I would like if if Gunvolt three if I had the choice, I would say Gunvolt three make it a completely new character, make it a completely new playstyle. Uh, I'd be happy to see if they try to rework Gunvolt himself. I love how Gunvolt plays, but we also have two games with Gunvolt playing that way. So you know, I think I think in some ways um, Gunvolt two. Uh, still, it was still good good to include Gunvolt and Gunvolt two because the level design in Gunvolt one was also kind of weak in some areas. It, it was very flat. Um, and I think that made a lot of sense given Gunvolt's moveset and, you know, them exploring how to make Gunvolt, uh, work, um, in, in those environments. And Gunvolt 2, I feel like they really did a good job of, of working him into more varied environments. Things like the ice level is a particularly good level in that game. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I think there was value to putting Gunvolt in Gunvolt 2 as, as much as I kind of whine about Copen not getting his, Copen being, not being the main character of that game. Um, but yeah, I hope Gunvolt 3 particularly has a new character or they rework Gunvolt to work in a, in a, a new way. Um, there's one character in, in, uh, uh, Luminous Avenger that I actually really like and would hope that they would be a playable character in Gunvolt 3, but because of how that game takes place story-wise, 
I I don't think they would particularly show up, unfortunately. Um, but also the game is weird enough story-wise that they could do whatever they want, probably, if they wanted to bring in this character from this game into um <laughs> into Gunvolt 3. Uh but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what Gunvolt 3 is. I think the most disappointing thing would be is if it's just Gunvolt and Copen again, and it's just like here's a new moveset for Copen and here or here's a new set of uh EX weapons for Copen and Gunvolt has the usual with maybe some slight alterations like uh, I would I would really like them to to build a new character. Um Ooh, kind of a long podcast already, but I'm going to go through some uh, some story things here real quick. Uh, for new story things here real quick, rather. Um, I don't have a ton to say about these, so I think it will be, be pretty easy to get through. Um, one, you probably already heard, <laughs> uh, E3's been canceled, so that's uh, kind of interesting. Like, I haven't, you know, I don't really talk about most of the mainstream news stories here, only if they particularly catch my eye. So if you haven't been following it, E3's been going through some some weird things with how they're restructuring the show, certain people being involved with the show before, now not involved with the show. And it was really, let's not talk about this from a bad way initially, it was really just kind of uncharted waters in terms of what E3 would be. And people were definitely, you know, people are afraid of change. And and I'm not going to say whether that was positive or negative change, but it was changing. And E3, or, EA, or the ESA, rather, who runs E3, uh, was very vocal about that. Like, hey, we're making a different type of show this year. And people were very nervous about that, I think. Um, and I think for good reason, because, you know, the changes that they have been making in the last few years haven't been well executed from what it sounds like. Admittedly, I've never been there, so I'm not going to sit there and say that I know for sure it hasn't been executed. But the general narrative seemed to be that ESA was not doing a great job with uh, with E3. Um, but yeah, so so that was canceled. And then GDC is also doing like online sessions uh, in May, I think. Maybe it's March. I think March 16th through the 20th is what it looks like. So they're doing some online sessions for that, which is pretty cool. And uh, I think ESA has said that they're looking at maybe doing some online stuff as well. So I'm actually like, I'm really curious to see what an online only E3 looks like, because, you know, for most consumers like us, uh, you know, except for the most recent years where you could buy a ticket and go to E3, but even that, like, you know, how much of the actual E3 experience are you getting is kind of one, one part of that. But uh, you know, the, the game's a very online-focused show when it comes to the consumer side of things. So I'd be curious to see how things change and if it'd be just as exciting in some ways. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the, the thing I've been hearing the last few years is that, like, hey, being home is a better time at E3 than, than actually being at E3. So, you know, doing online only, maybe they could do some really interesting stuff with that. So I'm definitely not, uh, not too afraid of, you know... <laughs> I'm not too concerned about it being online only. I think I think when it comes to people are at home, it won't change that much. It will change, but I think it won't change as much. You know, obviously, I love press conferences. I love those things, but uh, but that's also been a dying thing over the years. And you know, only Microsoft is there now doing their press conference. So uh, outside of third parties, obviously. So it it definitely doesn't feel like it has the stakes it used to when you know Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft were all doing their press events within a 24 and 48 hour period between each other. So yeah, I'm curious to see what happens. Uh, speaking of any creates dragon mark for death had like a 3.0 patch. That's I think coming. I don't know if it's out yet. Um, but, uh, it introduces two new characters. I think before there were four characters. So this makes a total of six. I'm not sure if it's something you have to purchase. Cause previously you could like buy that game. And I think two separate packs, one that had two characters in it and the other one had two other characters in it. 
Uh, I bought the physical version, which I believe just comes with all the characters and also the DLC as well, the initial DLC. Um, but uh, I'm not sure if the 3.0 stuff is just free content they're adding to the game. Uh, but, you know, having not played that game yet, I'm not really sure how different these characters are. Uh, so I can't sit there and say like, hey, how relevant they are to, to you know, being added to the game. But, you know, that game's been out for a long time now. Uh, I'm sure people are excited to get some new content on that. I think I'll probably end up focusing on one character whenever I get around to it. But while I'm playing Final Fantasy XIV and Xenoblade Chronicles X, there's no way I'm going to be playing Dragon Mark for Death in that, that time frame. So I don't think it'll happen anytime soon. I still leave it on my desk because it's a game I really want to play. It has a big like Castlevania fan and any creates fan. You know, that game doesn't look like it's doing the momentum-based stuff that I'm interested in. Although some of the characters actually do have some really interesting moving options. Um, you know, I think it's, it's a different experience from what I typically am looking for from any creed games. So, so I'm excited to see what that game is. If I like it, things like that, just haven't gotten to it. Grindy RPGs take time. So yeah. And that's kind of it for this week. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, when it comes to upcoming content, I don't have anything short-term planned, unfortunately. I know the last short-term period between Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and the Gun Gun Pixies video, uh, I don't think I really put too much out. Maybe like two videos? I don't remember. Um, but we are building up enough of a pickup collection that I, I could probably go ahead and do a new pickups video. Um, but the, the problem with that is I'm actually rearranging my room right now, uh, or my apartment Mostly this room, mostly my, mostly my living room, which is where my desk is. If you ever see me on stream, you can see, you know, what my background looks like. Uh, but I've moved my desk across the room and I'm still kind of figuring out how I'm organizing things, where things are going. And, uh, and part of that is also, um, kind of getting in the way of me, uh, doing that pickup setup because my, my environment, my setup is changing a little bit, uh, how I wire things and things like that as well. So so we'll see. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I definitely am early enough in the pickups that I'm not too concerned about like immediately going to it. Um, there's a ton of stuff I got in Japan that I didn't talk about, but it would have been a nightmare going through all my Japanese pickups. So don't want to do that. <laughs> Mainly focusing on deals and then games that I uh, uh, want to support and and know I eventually will play. And I have a decent enough income now that I feel good about supporting developers that I that I really want to have my money. Um, you know, I'm not always scraping for the bottom deals. I do scrape for the bottom deals though when it does not matter. <laughs> I just got a game for $2 on the 3DS and I was so excited. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyways, that's it for that. Like I said, uh, if you haven't listened to it, the Gun Gun Pixies podcast last week with Pete Davidson from Moya Gamer, uh, I recommend you go listen to it. Um, it's, I think the, the recording session Particularly my performance in recording session was a little iffy, uh, but I think the actual final product came out to be pretty good. Um, and if you don't know what Gun Gun Pixies is, or if you even if you're just like, hey, what is the value of a game like Gun Gun Pixies? It's a horny shooter. Um, go check it out. You might you might be surprised on uh, on on what you learn about the game. Uh, I kind of wish we went a little bit more in depth on some of that stuff. But uh, that was mainly a problem of my part in outlining. Either way, I still think it's a good good podcast. And uh, Pete did a great job in, in, in it. So, so yeah. Um, I am probably going to rethink how I do those podcasts a little bit. I have another podcast plan coming up with somebody. So um, I'm, I'm kind of trying a different outlining way on that. And I might try to focus the conversation around the person who comes to the podcast rather than being kind of an even 50-50 split. 
because uh, I feel like my inherent reaction is to to say my point, but then I maybe am not so great at like absorbing information from other people. So I want to be better about that. Um, so working on that, that, that will probably be, uh, early May that you'll see that. Uh, but yeah, otherwise going to hopefully work on the Atokadol video a bit more this weekend. I I've been cleaning up the script still, so I'm moving a little slow on it and it's mainly just a time balance thing for me. I, I, I really need to get moving on actual video editing part. So yeah. Anyways, thank you again. OneControllReport.com is the website. I podcast every Monday at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time and stream every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we will be streaming Left Alive next. So it's about 12-hour long game. So probably can expect the next five or six streams to be centered around that game. And then uh, hopefully it's fun. Hopefully I enjoy it. And uh, hopefully it's a good time. Um, I haven't heard much about the game. So I'm, I'm excited to see what it is and how I feel about it because it got critically panned pretty hard so but you know me that doesn't mean anything for me I just was praising mighty number no. nine on on Twitter the other day I'm like I love this game so goddamn much so so yeah anyways thank you again for coming I hope you have a great week bye